I'm celebrating five years of business by sharing 50 lessons, learnings, and mistakes that I have learned along the way that has got me to this point. There's a lot to get through, so we're actually going to split this episode into two. This is the first half, and I'm going to talk about how to start a business, finances, mindset, burnout, hiring, and team. And make sure you listen to the end of this episode because I do have a special treat because I wanted to give back to you. Join the slow fashion revolution with Recloseted Radio. As the number one podcast for fashion entrepreneurs with a conscience, we're here to help you reach new heights. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted, and I'm on a mission to share my insider knowledge and strategies for launching a successful sustainable brand, growing your existing slow fashion business, and making your brand more environmentally friendly. I also invite industry experts to share their stories and insights too. So subscribe and let's get to work on transforming the harmful fashion industry. First and foremost, I wanted to say a big thank you. We have been doing Recloseted for over five years now, which is insane. I just wanted to say that we could not do it without you. It's such a pleasure that I get to call this my job and also support amazing founders such as yourselves that are genuinely doing the work to transform the harmful fashion industry. And I wake up every day loving what I do for work and I just feel so grateful. I wanted to say first and foremost, thank you. And I was trying to figure out what I could do to celebrate five years. And I wanted to give you a really valuable jam-packed episode because over the past half a decade, I have learned a lot. And I hope that this episode and the episode next week can save you some heartache, headaches, and also money. And so that is going to be my first gift to you. And then my second gift is that we have a brand new $20,000 Launch Your Fashion Brand Masterclass. So for those of you that want to start a sustainable fashion brand, you have always dreamt of it, but you don't know what steps to take, you don't know what goes into it, I have you covered. This is completely new. I am not holding back in this masterclass. It is absolutely free, and I'm going to be giving you the exact steps. You need to go from idea to launch. There's absolutely no guesswork. And by the end of the masterclass, you will have set up your business foundation, your founder foundation, as well as have all of your next steps so that you can be well on your way the link to check it out is recloseted.com masterclass. It's also going to be in the show notes for you. I cannot wait for all of you to go through it. I know it's going to be really helpful for you. And then I also have another gift and I'm going to talk about that gift at the end of this episode. So please stay tuned. I have a lot of lessons that I want to share so that again, I can hopefully save you time and money. The first group of lessons is around starting a business. And so here there's a couple of lessons I wanted to talk about. The first one is that I don't want you to try to make it perfect. Instead, I want you to aim for progress because honestly, you're going to look back and hate everything you did before. That's just inevitable because as you grow and as you learn, your first iterations or your first pieces of work are not going to be, you know, something that you're going to be forever proud of. And honestly, if your first few social media posts or your first few products are amazing out of the gate, then that probably means you waited way too long to start your business. Note that nothing is perfect. And I know that because this is your business and this is your baby, you want everything to be 100% perfect, but it just does not exist. So please toss that notion out the window. Instead, I think you should really start to just chip away at it and make progress because perfectionism can be a form of procrastination. 
And I want you to really seriously look inwards and think about if, you know, are you truly trying to make it quote unquote perfect or are you just procrastinating, right? It's really important to think about that. And one of the lessons I personally learned the hard way is that perfection is non-existent. And instead, you just continuously want to make progress, continuously execute, chip away at your dreams, put things out there, get feedback, iterate, and just continuously improve. Because you will not get to perfect on your first try. You need to put things out there, iterate and improve. Definitely don't try to be perfect. Aim for progress. And then my second lesson around starting is around the fact that it is overwhelming. I don't want to sugarcoat it and I don't want to sit here and tell you it's going to be great. It is going to be overwhelming. It is going to be stressful because you are building something from the bottom up. You're building something from scratch. And also it could be your first time building a business. So it's 100% normal for you to feel overwhelmed and stressed out. However, it is helpful if you can at least have a list of everything you need to do because then that way you don't have the stress and anxiety of thinking that you are forgetting things or things might fall through the cracks. If you are wanting to start a sustainable fashion brand at the masterclass link, which is again, recloseted.com masterclass, I have a completely free idea to launch checklist. This is literally everything you need before you launch and then that way you will have it and you don't have to worry about am I missing something like you just need to execute and do it I've already done the work for you and hopefully that will really alleviate some of the overwhelm and my tip to you is just to chip away at the list because you may feel overwhelmed at the beginning because there's just that sheer amount of stuff you need to do and again that's normal and that's okay However, you just need to concentrate on the next three things ahead of you. Don't think 5, 10, 15, 20 steps ahead because that's going to overwhelm you. Instead, just chip away at it. And then when you look back, you're going to realize you made a lot of progress, which is what we want. Now let's talk about finances. Finances are huge. And especially when you're starting a business, it's really important to know what's going on, get familiar and comfortable with your numbers. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but you absolutely cannot just stick your head in the sand. You must know what's going on. First and foremost, for me personally, and also for our clients, I recommend self-funding. You yourself are going to fund your brand, either through nine to five job or freelance gigs. With that, it's important if you're going to be working a nine to five job as you're setting up your business, that you set boundaries because you are only being paid to work nine to five. So you really need to prioritize your business and carve out time to work on it because you only have 24 hours in a day. And if you want to get this business off the ground while working a job, then you need to be really cutthroat and you need to be super productive during your job so that once 5 p.m. hits, you can leave and you can either get a bite to eat, kind of task switch, and then start working on your business, right? For me personally, if you listen to the last episode, I talked about how I was an evening person, so I would just work like 7 to 12, and then I would work on the weekends. And it is a lot of work, but in your mind, it's important to reprioritize and rejig things. Think of your business as your actual 9 to 5, and think of your 9 to 5 as your side hustle, because that will really help you mentally reprioritize where your efforts should be. Next, you really need to keep on top of your bookkeeping or your numbers. And I feel like it's a good idea to set up the right process and system from the get-go because what is going to happen is if you don't keep track of how much money or revenue you're making, as well as your costs and how much you're spending, then come tax season, it's going to be a mad scramble and it's just such a nightmare. 
So I'd rather you set up the right system from the get-go. And at Recloseted and also with our clients, we recommend QuickBooks. And we'll have a link for you down below. But QuickBooks essentially is just a platform where you can put everything on there. You can pull reports. You can snap receipts. So expenses are super easy. And the reason why I'm recommending QuickBooks is because a lot of accountants use it and it's the preferred software for tax accountants. So honestly, I would just set yourself up for success from the get-go because for me, my first two years, I kind of DIY'd it because I was like, oh, I got this. It's fine. But it was such a gong show and come tax season, it was honestly such a stressful nightmare. And it took months to compile and reconcile everything. It's just not a good situation to be in. So just set yourself up for success from the beginning. And then another tip when it comes to finances is to set money aside for taxes. When you have a business and you are selling things, you will preemptively collect tax on behalf of the government. So that tax amount you must set aside because you need to give that back to the government. And I've seen a lot of founders accidentally spend that money and then come time to pay the government taxes, they don't have it and they're scrambling and trying to figure out where they're going to get that money. So just set that money aside from the get-go so that you don't have to worry about it. And then the second piece of tax is around, obviously, your corporation tax. Work with your accountant to figure out what that roughly might be. And then you want to set aside that amount so that, again, you're not scrambling come tax season. The next topic I wanted to talk about is burnout. Burnout is something that I have talked about a lot on the podcast and especially in the last episode where I talked about my side hustle journey where I really went in depth there. When it comes to burnout, the first lesson I learned the hard way is that you either rest on your own time or your body will force you to. There's really no in-between. Your body needs the rest it needs and so either you give it to it or it just will take it from you. And I don't know about you, but I think it's a better idea to decide when to rest so that you can actually preemptively plan and, you know, do all these things. But just know that if you don't rest, then when it comes to burnout, the first couple of times I went through it, it was like a foggy haze. And until you actually burn out, you don't really know what your limit is. So the first couple of times, give yourself grace and compassion. And even when you do know what your limit is, sometimes there is just so much work you need to get done and you inevitably hit it again. And that is okay. But I just wanted to let you know to just really give yourself grace and compassion. And then in terms of what burnout feels like, for me personally, I just feel really tired. I feel exhausted. I feel kind of sluggish. I feel unmotivated. I feel foggy. And as you're working and as you're going through life, if that's how you feel, then you definitely need to try to allow yourself to recover. And when it comes to recovering from burnout, it's really giving yourself that grace and compassion. So rest up. I like to implement the three Ds. So delegate, delete, and delay. Essentially, you want to take things off your plate. So you delegate, give it to someone else to do if you don't have to do it. Delete because a lot of the times we put useless things that don't really need to be there and kind of don't move the needle on our plate so you can delete things. And then also delay so you can push things back as well. Implement the three Ds if you are currently burnt out. And then you need to try to recharge yourself. Everyone recharges differently. So figure out what works for you. And when I say recharge and recover from burnout, I think a lot of people think that you need to book a staycation or you need to go to the spa. And while those may be nice things, you don't have to do that. It could just be sleeping enough, eating a little bit healthier, going for walks outside, 
doing some yoga, doing some mindful journaling or meditation. Do whatever works for you. And there's a lot of free options or low effort options you can implement on a daily basis to help you as well. Something else I learned the hard way is that it's better to be preventative versus reactive because I talked about this in the last episode too. But when I was working a nine to five job and I was doing recloseted, I was working so much and there was just so much work and I would just be burning out constantly. It was a vicious cycle. And once I went full time with recloseted, I really just didn't want to feel like that ever again. So I implemented check-ins. Every morning and evening now, I ask myself how overwhelmed I feel on a scale of 1 to 10. And I know that if I'm at a 7 or an 8 or even a 9, I need to slow down. I need to push on the brakes. And I need to start to implement the 3Ds. I need to delegate. I need to delete. I need to delay. And then also, I need to do some of the things that recharge me so that I can rest on my own time and my body won't force me to rest. And then last but not least, to round out this episode, I want to talk about hiring and managing a team. When it comes to hiring, you definitely want to ask for help because if you want to grow and scale your business, you cannot do it alone. And also, if you're side hustling and you're working another nine to five job, it might make sense for you to hire someone like an intern or someone to come in and help you with some tasks. And it would still be cheaper for you to pay someone and, you know, work a nine to five job, you need to calculate your hourly rate and see if that makes sense. But, you know, at the end of the day, you only have so much time. And if you don't want to burn out, then hire people. When it comes to hiring, I think a lot of people shy away from it because they feel like they need to have a full-time employee right off the get-go. And that's not the case. You can actually get part-time contractors. And I always suggest this, even if you have budget for a full-time employee, because at least you can test them out, see if there's actually enough workload for a full-time position. And then if they're a really good fit, of, of course, you want to transition them. But until then, I think it's a really good idea to do that, especially as you're just starting out. It's helpful to get some help. And then when it comes to hiring, you definitely want to try to find the right person. This really comes down to company values. I know that sometimes that can sound a bit fluffy or wishy-washy, but really sit down and think about around three core values that your business has. And these are things that you look for in other people. These are things that are non-negotiables. That way, you don't have to tell people like, oh, we start work at 8 a.m. We need to respond to every single customer email like this. You need to be on top of things. Like, You don't have to be so prescriptive because if a value is we treat everyone with excellence and respect or something like that, then that covers everything I just told you about. It's important to have these values and then hire for those values. And a mentor of mine said something that is really true. Like she says that the game is won in the draft, meaning that if you want to build a business that is scalable and successful, then the people you have on board, aka the draft or the people you're hiring are really important. If you hire A players, you are more likely to win the game versus if you hire C or D players. So you really need to take your time with hiring. Another question I commonly get is, okay, I'm ready for my first hire. I want to get some stuff off my plate, but how do I know what to hire for? This is also something I learned the hard way because I had periods where I underhired because I was scared of hiring people because I didn't think I needed it. And then I also had periods where I overhired and I had too many positions. So it's really important, first and foremost, to do a time audit over the course of two weeks or ideally a month if you can. For every single task you do, 
for the business, write it all down or type it all out on a Google Doc. That way you can see every single thing that's on your plate. Then what you're going to do is then categorize those items into four categories. First of all, categorize the items that you are good at and you also love doing. Next, categorize what you're good at, but you hate doing or you despise doing those items. Thirdly, you want to categorize things that you are not good at, but you really love and enjoy doing. Last but not least, categorize the remaining items into what you are not good at and you also don't like to do. After you have made that list and you've categorized everything, you want to get rid of the things you're not good at and you also despise doing right away. And try to group those all together and see if there's commonalities and you can do some sort of job description with it. It's really important to do a time audit, figure out what you like to do, what you don't like to do, what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then create a job description accordingly. And then like I mentioned, you can hire part-time contractors, really test it out, see if they're a good fit, if they fit in with the values, and then go from there. And now I want to talk about managing a team. Because managing a team is definitely something that is a skill that you learn, and it is also something you perfect over time. Don't beat yourself up if you are not a perfect people manager right from the get-go. That is completely fine. Instead, progress over perfection. So the first thing is culture. It's really, really important to live by your values and also hire by your values, like I mentioned. And if someone isn't living up to your values, then you need to make sure you let them go and have those difficult conversations. I mean, first of all, I would just bring up certain instances that they've done and how it contradicts your values and give them a chance to improve. But then after that, if they're still not changing, then I would let them go because keeping people that aren't aligned with your values and people that are underperformers really disincentivize and undermotivates your top performers or people that are aligned with your values. A hard lesson I learned is I kept someone that was an underperformer and also not aligned with our values because I felt bad about letting them go. And also, I just at the time didn't really like conflict. So I kind of was like, it's fine, trying to brush it under the rug. But honestly, I had some top performers on my team that I loved and they're amazing, but they definitely got affected by it. And how could you not, right? Like if you think about Working at a 95 job, if there's someone that's on your team that isn't pulling their weight or they're acting with attitude, obviously it's going to affect your mood and you may think about working somewhere else because you might think it's not worth it. For a business to lose a top performer because of someone that's not a good culture fit, like that is 100% something that is a huge no-no and is on you as the leader to correct. So don't shy away from that. And the other thing too is make sure you communicate a lot. Give feedback. Don't be afraid to give feedback both good and bad to your employees so that they can grow and they can get better. And then last but not least, it's also really important to set expectations so people know what their roles are and they know what's expected. And if you have made it this far, congratulations. I hope that you will take these lessons, apply them to your business to help you become more successful sooner. Part two will be dropping next week and the lessons are even juicier. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And for those that got here, as promised, I do have another gift for you. I am offering a limited amount of one-on-one 45-minute free consulting sessions to help you launch your sustainable fashion brand successfully. And all you need to do is go to recloseted.com slash masterclass. At that page, you will get the masterclass, the checklist, and also an opportunity to do the consulting session with me. The link will be in the show notes for you again. 
As I mentioned at the top of the episode, it's been such an honor to support you over the past half decade, and I cannot wait to continue to support you for the next decade and beyond. And that's a wrap on this episode. If you got value from this, I would appreciate it if you could take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at Recloseted. Be sure to subscribe to the Recloseted Radio podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and you have access to all of our valuable resources. And if you're feeling generous, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a glowing review. I'm cheering you on, and together, let's transform the harmful fashion industry.